Hello, and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. And I, I, this is the second show of the new year and the second show of our fourth season, which I cannot believe that, like I was updating, I was um, putting the first show of the new season in our dis- little distribution portal. And, uh, you know, you have to mark the season and I marked the season as the fourth. And I was like, how is that possible? Like, how did we, um, it's pretty amazing. Because I, I think we started this podcast just kind of like, oh, let's, everybody has a podcast, let's do a podcast. And then mm-hmm. we just, we love it. And um, we love the feedback and we love doing these shows. And so it just kind of, it just kind of stuck. But mm-hmm. um, it's pretty amazing that we're in our fourth year, right? I know. That's crazy. Because yeah, when you first said, let's do a podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, really? Like I know. <laughs> Amy kind of went kicking and scarlet's full disclosure. Amy kind of went absolutely screaming into this podcast. 100 <laughs> percent Um, but it's so but it's really fun. And it gives also an opportunity because Amy is oftentimes the person behind the curtain. Um and it also gives her an opportunity to kind of showcase her knowledge and her talents, which is great. And um, but one of the reasons that I also love doing these shows. So today we are talking about um, book titles, how to how to avoid book title pitfalls. So choosing choosing the best title, um, not necessarily as granular. We're not going to get. Cause that's a little hard to do to get as granular. Like, well, if you have a mystery book, this is how you should, what you should name your book. But in terms of what to watch out for with Amazon, things to avoid, things to look for, how to create descriptive subtitles. And yes, even if you have a fiction book, you can still do descriptive sub- subtitles. And I think that it's also worth leading this show off with why, because I've alluded to it a bunch of times. We've talked about it a bunch of times in kind of, roundabout ways, but how to sell books by the truckload, which I renamed and is now up for pre-order under the Amazon formula. And um, this is the 10th, you know, anniversary edition of the book. It's, um, we decided to rename it. Well, actually, Amy came to me one day and she will tell you what happened. And I much like Amy with the podcast, I went into the renaming thing, kicking and screaming. Amy, do you want to tell everybody why you did to rename the book? Sorry, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. <laughs> yeah. So again, yeah. 10 editions. I mean, that one, that is a feat in itself, I think. There, I think there are very few books out there that have had 10 editions. I would I would think the percentage is pretty small. Right. Not having done this research before. So I'm pulling these, these quote unquote stats out of my, you know what, but still 10 editions is a big deal. That's a long time to stick with something. And I think the final like breaking point, and this was not the first time this has happened, but it, it, the timing was fortuitous. I think in that Penny was getting, you know, was in the throes of the most recent update And then we also had an issue with somebody who had written us because of this is wrong. I can't find this. I want to cash in my promo for truckload, all this stuff. He was very upset. And honestly, I didn't know half of what he was talking about. Like, and I really, when people write about stuff like that, I do take it very seriously. She does. I can. Yeah. Like, I don't remember 
most of this. And basically we end up finding out he, he essentially had purchased a very early edition of truckload. Yeah. It was not the most recent one. So that's why I didn't recognize the promo. He was mentioning things that, you know, that were referenced in the tips that he could no longer find on his page. And it was just, it was, I'm sure a headache for him. I totally get it. But equally as a headache for me, because I'm sitting here assuming he had the most recent edition and thought I was losing my mind. And so this all kind of came to a head at once where it's like, I think we need to consider doing a rebrand of this. So this next one really just can stand on its own, you know, and really clearly be the new most updated version of what you have to say and share about what's going on with Amazon and how to succeed on that platform. Well, really kind of set it apart. Like it was time. Well, and it was really, it was, and then we had to, of course, we had to come up with a name for the book, which we won't, we won't go down that that difficult path because that was a challenge too. But it, I really went into this case. So when this guy wrote, I and actually we had somebody who wrote, was it after that? I can't remember. And who was really mad because mm-hmm. they'd also purchased. And, and by the way, the, the editions do say this is not the most current edition, but you know, as we know as authors, sometimes readers don't read the descriptions very well or gloss over stuff or whatever. But, um, and he was, he was bad. Like he was like, oh, I'm just going to blast this book on Amazon. And I told the guy, I'm like, listen, let me send you an updated edition, please. You bought an old edition. Let me send you the update. Your book is outdated. And so, and then I never heard from him again. So I, and I, the review never appeared. So, I, but I don't know what happened, but people <laughs> drunk online shopping rears its ugly head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that was a real challenge with that book, even though, I had blended. So the other piece of two is, is you may be listening to this thinking, well, can't you just ask Amazon to combine the edition? So you just have one book online. Yes. But Amazon is also very finicky about that. So I had blended as many editions as I could. And Uh then Amazon was just like, well, you you know, if you go over X amount of percentage, like it's 20%, but that's also kind of a moving target. Amazon Uh says, well, this is a brand new book, so it's going to stay on there. So then I was kind of, you know, not in a good place in terms of having these older titles up there. And, you know, you can pull them, but that's also, I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, unless a book is really, really, really bad. I'm not a huge fan of that. So here we are now with the Amazon formula and it took a long time to rename the book. So it is, it's, it's a labor of love, as you know, if you've ever titled a book, right. And I think Amy, you know, um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the Amazon algorithm stuff, but my biggest pet peeve with book title, well, I've actually, it's a little bit twofold. So book titles that are almost impossible to pronounce Mm -hmm. and book titles that are extremely descriptive to a very narrow audience. So if you, and, and I'm thinking about this psychiatrist book that we worked with a whole bunch of years ago. And I remember kind of going toe to toe with the publisher for this book. Like you cannot give this book this name because nobody will buy this book. Well, but the the people buying the book know what that means. I'm like, there's like five of those people. <laughs> like you literally cannot name this book. Um, To me, those are two of, you know, 
difficult to pronounce. It, it if it's difficult to pronounce, it's going to be hard for that person to share it with friends. I mean, mm-hmm. would you agree? Yeah, and I, I would say a lot of times something being difficult pronounce to pronounce is also difficult to spell. Like not yeah. always, but they tend to go hand in hand. And I will say, you know, Amazon is good at correcting some typos, but it can't correct super specific typos, you know, and that's when you end up being shown a bunch of really random products that aren't even books. You know, when you try to figure it out, like off the cuff, like, I think this is what it's called that they're never going to find your book that way. Yeah. You know, Amazon is not that advanced in that they can completely redirect an out of left field search and get them to your book page. So you have to be really careful about that kind of stuff. Right, right. Also think about the fact that the book title should not be embarrassing, right? Um, It should not be embarrassing to say or to share. I mean, that's that's just my take. And by embarrassing, I don't necessarily mean, you know, sexy or raunchy or anything like that. I mean, I'm just talking about like a book title, like how not to be a shoplifter or something, right? (laughs) You're not, I mean, I I realize that we're talking more about online purchases and I realize that, you know, but, but bookstores and libraries, like you're probably not going to go into a bookstore and go, Hey, do you have that book on how not to be a shoplifter? (laughs) Do I have have to pay for it? Sorry. There's a lot of jokes waiting to happen with that book title, but, um, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of, I mean, that's the other piece of it too, is that you want you want your book title to be easy to remember, easy to pronounce, easy to spell, and easy to share. Right, exactly. And your book title is part of your brand as well. So I think that's something that doesn't... So you have to think long-term also when you're coming up with the title because you want to be able to ride that wave for a long time. So if you've got a clunky or hard to spell or, you know, as Penny said, embarrassing or, you know, something that's kind of like an an inside joke, but it's not something that you get right away. You know what I mean? Like you have to know more about the book to understand why the title is titled as it is. That's also a far reach. Not everybody, most people are not going to get that far to quote unquote, get it. So you have to be careful with that kind of stuff too. But you want to be able to use your title and your marketing and your promotions and in your branding. And so if it, if it's clunky and too specific or very vague or hard to spell, just imagine how that's going to look on social media posts or promos that you're doing or in ads that you're running on like BookBubs or in on Amazon, or even doing a Goodreads giveaway, you know, the Goodreads giveaways, you have very few characters to work with. So your title really has to sell your book on its own with just a very little bit of support and similar with Amazon ads, you know? So you have to think about the long-term effects of how you're going to be able to use your title when you're finally deciding what to do with that and how you're going to structure it. Right, right, exactly. And I think doing some, um, if you have the ability to, if you have a tribe, if you have some kind of a email list or a reader fan group or people on social media, um, ask them what they think of the title, because that's what I did with the Amazon formula, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, you know, test out the title. And if all else fails, 
you could always go into your, you know, go into your local bookstore and talk to the people who uh, were, you know, who were on the front lines of, of selling books. Mm-hmm. And I think certainly this is, it can morph into a very different discussion, I think, for fiction and nonfiction. Nonfiction, you know, Penny, what we went through, I think a lot back and forth and brainstorming and soundboarding with with the new Amazon books title is that really trying to pinpoint what the book was for and what it delivers on, because it's easy, especially for nonfiction. I think it's a lot, it can get tricky to come up with a title that really does represent exactly what the content of the book is, because you can have a lot of fun with wording and things like that, but it's, it's actually easy to kind of get off the path, kind of off the mark on what you're actually delivering on too. When you start getting creative with the subtitle sometimes, you know, we have to, you have to really dig in and say like, okay, wait, does this subtitle really talk about what the primary goals for this book are? You know what I mean? And there's a lot of workshopping that has to be done to get that exactly right as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly true. I think the descriptive, you know, one of the things that you don't want to do even if your book is a mystery, is you don't want your title and your subtitle to be a mystery, right? So, I, I mean, I, huh? <laughs> I, I know I'm just full of one-liners today, aren't I? I mean, but it is, and you know, the other piece of it though too is is that it, the book book title research, and I don't want to get too far off of the main topic, but of course, with that preface, you know that I will. Um, Book titles are, it's a really interesting study on book titles, like book title, books that were retitled, um, like Gone with the Wind was not originally Gone with the Wind. It was something like Tomorrow's Another Day or something like that, um, which is kind of lame when you think of like Gone with the Wind feels like such a stronger title. But um, understanding what your, um, what is, what fits your market and doing that kind of research, as I said, and even even um, testing the title with your tribe or getting it out there is really going to save you a lot of money because, you know, a title won't necessarily make your book, turn your book into a bestseller, but a bad title will, much like a bad book cover, will 10,000% prevent it from doing much of anything. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, if you go to the bestseller list for genre fiction, uh, for example, you will see some very clear themes. You know what I mean? Like the books that are doing really well for suspense, those titles, they really do make sense, you know? And a lot of those books are really clever at using descriptive subtitles in very strategic yet subtle ways. Some of them are not so subtle. Those get a little crazy, Um, but they are very, it fits. It fits what people are expecting. And we've talked about this before. It makes it so the shopper doesn't have to think too hard. And we don't, I don't mean that in a condescending way. You don't want a shopper to think too hard to have to comply. So having a title that has the same vibe as your genre is really important. So if you look at suspense titles, that bestseller list for suspense titles versus even cozy mystery, you are going to see very different themes and vibes in how people are titling those books. It's certainly people that are hitting the bestseller list and doing all the right things, you know, yeah. you can definitely tell that there's a difference. And 
when you see that right in front of you over and over again on multiple books, that's when it really, I think, can start to sink in. So if this isn't, if you're kind of going, what the hell are they talking about? Check out the bestseller list and you'll start to see those, those trends and those themes where titles don't have to be super long and descriptive, but they can still very much represent the genre that that book landed in. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, there are a number, as I as I alluded to, there are a number of um, books that were delivered to publishers that had one name and ended up being published under another name. But there are also a number of books that were originally published and um, did not do well and then were renamed and essentially rebranded and did extremely well. Um, and I want to say, and I, I, I hope I'm not lying inadvertent, just accidental fibbing on the podcast. Um, 10 habits of highly successful people. I want to say that was one of them. It was one of those, it was one of those success books that had not a, a really great title and it just didn't do well. And, and the publisher pulled back and renamed, you know, because even, because look, I mean, we understand that titling a book can be challenging. Even publishers fall in the into the trap of giving a book the wrong title, right? Um, but I think it's very important to make your title as descriptive as possible. Obviously, you don't want to necessarily give away um, the entire book. So let me use an example of a fiction book that Amy and I, we were in this, this sort of informal book club that we read in October, which is kind of a spooky season. So it was a spooky title. And the book was called Hidden Pictures. And Hidden Pictures it, for that book was perfect because mm-hmm. that's essentially what the book was about. So it was, it was attention grabbing enough right hidden pictures like that sounds kind of ooh like what's that about right but it was also spot on to what the genre was and so again i get it, it titling a book can be challenging but as amy said take a look at the bestseller list and just see what um some of these uh, some of the other books in your genre how they're named and and you know take a look at their subtitles as well yeah and i will say and granted we can't make all of our decisions around the Amazon beast. I understand like there's a lot we can do strategically to make Amazon work for us, but at the same time, you know, they're constantly evolving. But I I also wanted to share Penny that in some of my keyword research lately on Amazon, I'm noticing that Amazon is really leaning into showing titles that match searches. So the actual search terms you're using, Amazon is favoring showing books at the top of the page whose titles actually include those search terms, if that makes sense. Yeah. So this is where, again, going back to something really vague or generic or kind of an insider's only title that that really means something to you or even to the storyline. And, and as an author, you're going, no, like once they get to chapter five, it's going to hit them and they're going to be, oh, that's yeah. why this you know, that's why this title is titled that, or this book is titled that, like we get it. That's super exciting stuff, but just know that if you're making that decision, that could potentially be a longer road to getting in readers hands simply because of how online retail works nowadays. 
So if you're going with something that's super unique to your storyline, your book, your inspiration, you know, just know that it is going to be more complex to try to show up at the top of searches for your genre if your book title and, uh, you know, included subtitle as well combined doesn't align with what makes sense for your genre or your topic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to the point of the story that I told earlier, if you have released a book and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, the title is problematic. Because the other reason that titles can be problematic is that even if the cover is spot on, the title could potentially be misleading to the reader. Not intentionally, but, and that's part of the reason why we we struggled by we, I mean, because Amy dug in and helped me with the renaming of the Amazon formula. That's part of the reason why renaming the Amazon book was so challenging because you have to be careful. The title, even if it's fiction, is a promise to the reader, right? Um, And, you know, if you are going to, if your book is The Great Gatsby, your book had better have a Great Gatsby in it, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, that's the other thing too, is keep in mind that your book title, whether fiction or nonfiction, is a promise to the reader. And I alluded to the fact that, that fiction authors can do subtitles Um, you can have a subtitle certainly on your book, um, depending on, you know, obviously depending on like a little, what the book's about, but you can, you, but if your book does not have a subtitle, you can have a subtitle on Amazon, um, and just add it to the back end or have the publisher upload it, add it to their upload when they add the book to Amazon, the more descriptive that you can get the more that the reader is going to feel like, oh, this is the kind of book that I want, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's important to, again, I, I think that's a very good point, Penny. Like you really have to, I think definitely go through the process of like, I love this. I love that. This means a lot to me. This makes sense considering this, like a, amazing moment in chapter five, you know, all those things, but then come at it in a second phase with your, you know, long-term vision in mind too, you know, because I think there's always ways to still get a version of what you want, but then also come up with a version that is going to serve you well on Amazon. Because, you know, if the version that you love the most isn't going to make sense to shoppers, then you're really shooting yourself in the foot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it really, you know, at the end of the day, much like the book cover, the title really isn't about you, even though I realize that it is about you. And this is particularly true for memoir writers, right? So if you have a memoir, you know, remember that the first two letters in memoir are me. So you want to make sure that your book is titled such that it has a wider appeal if you want it widely read. I mean, I know some people write a memoir and and want um, to just have their family read it, which is great. I think one of the challenges that authors have who write, let's say, cookbooks, right? Um, And we've worked with a number of cookbooks. So cookbooks, nutrition books, there's a lot of competition out there. If you're thinking of business books, anything like that, that has just a ton of other books on the, that it's share and shelf space with you're 
you're really going to want to hone in on um, what the biggest takeaway is of the book and try to incorporate that benefit into the book title because your book title should be the benefit. Right. That's a very good, that's a very good point. Your, your book title is right there with your cover, your first chances to sell that book. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and you know, keep in mind is, is that even if you, and we get so close to our books all the time, which again is why I was so firmly cemented in the fact that I wanted to keep truckload up. Like, well, you can't change this. This is like a brand. I've had this brand for years. I've had this brand, you know, and to Amy's point, it was really time to kind of move on and give the book its own sort of stage. And not just because of the people who were buying older books and didn't realize that they were buying older books and then emailing Amy and bitching. Although, <laughs> Although that's a good way to do that. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a good way to do it. But titling a book, stay away from those title generators, please. Even like we were talking about this in the green room, chat GPT has gotten to the point, like if I go on to chat GPT and ask for you know, rewrite this book description or something. It'll also try to rename the book. So everybody <laughs> apparently wants to get their hand in in book titling. But um, do your research. Don't use a title generator. Do your research. Test the market. <clears throat> Go out to your audience and make sure that you're putting it in front of people who are going to tell you, no, I think this is, and this is what I did with the Amazon formula. This is what I did with the covers that I had for it. The first cover that I had for the Amazon formula, every like legit, every person on social media shot it down. And I was thrilled. No, I was not, not, not thrilled, thrilled because I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's covered on. But I was yeah. really thrilled to get that kind of honest feedback. I think that's important. Absolutely. For sure. So I think that, um, did we cover everything? I think we did. Okay. Just a reminder that um, the Amazon formula, which I know I've mentioned like 48 times in the show, the Amazon... Oh, I can hear our production crew in the background barking. That's awesome. Is that... No, that's not mine. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That must be my production crew. The guy in charge of... The guy in charge of snacks. (laughs) It's like, who's really in charge here? Clearly not me. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I know it. Um, but I want to thank you so much for listening. I know I've, na- I've mentioned the Amazon formula a bunch. <clears throat> we are, the book is currently in pre-order. We are doing all sorts of fun swag based giveaways for pre-ordering the book. So be sure to tune into our social channels to check those out. And, um, thank you so much for listening. Once again, we're always appreciate your show ideas, your feedback, and we would love a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.